dirty uh, playboy. Over here. Dave, did you get my hustler? Uh, uh, hustler? What are you out with hustler, Woodstock? You're too small. Hey, size never stopped, Woody. That's the world bantamweight jerk-off champ over there, huh? Just stick with me, kid. Keep flexing the muscle, huh? <laughs> Podcast that looks at the murky world of cult and horror films. I'm Ian Todd, and <laughs> and Paul Dorn. <laughs> That's far as I can get. We're cool. Hello, welcome to Won't Stay Dead, the podcast that looks at the murky world of cult and horror films. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, <let's>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we uh, decided that uh, Crazy P should do the intro this week. So, uh, or this? I, oh, why do I always say this week? It's not weekly. This episode. Um, mm. I was about to skip that. Yeah. Okay. This week, this week uh, we're looking at um, <laughs> the Burning, uh, 1981 classic uh, summer camp slasher film in the style of and and the wake of um, Friday the Thirteenth. But yes, I'll start by introducing the panel. Um, so uh, across the Irish Sea is uh, young David Hanna. Guten Tag. Hi. <laughs> and uh, young <laughs> young Crazy P. Oh, Spike Mike. <laughs> My terrible jokes are there. <laughs> I, I am. I am Paul. Uh, he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we call I sometimes... Ex- I used to, like, explain to people that Ian introduced me to uh, that I didn't actually call myself crazy P, that, that he called me up, but then everybody uh, everybody just sort of laughed because they, they assumed that that would always be the case with Ian. <laughs> Nobody gets called their real name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's even worse for people I've lived with, like D, for example. I lived with D, and now I call D like Fleabag and Lisa. Just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's some weird thing. Maybe I should. Just Keith was the the beef lord. Yeah, Keith is the beef lord as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we digress. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose we should do the beers. Um, Hi. Uh, I'll I'll start. Sure. Um, uh, at the moment, I'm drinking a uh, rhubarb saison. I just got that. Um, <laughs> I know because it sounded nice, but it also sounded quite summery, and you know, summery, summery stuff reminds you of summer camps and stuff like that. And, I, and I've got a bottle of Brooklyn Lager because um, the film was mostly filmed in upstate New York, like New York State, and obviously you know Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I got Hellfire Pale Ale, which is brewed by Leeds Brewery. Um, it's a strong pale ale and hellfire because, um, well, I suppose uh, Cropsy goes through a bit of hellfire, doesn't he, in the burning, and then causes True. a bit of hellfire of his own at the end. Uh, and I got um, what's the brewery called? Black. It's Black Sheep Brewery, and the beer is called Shearer, as in S H E A R E R, and it's got like a, a sheep in the front, so it's obviously sheep shearing. But uh, Cropsy, obviously, his weapon of choice is uh, garden shears. So there you go. Uh, young Fleabag? <laughs> uh, I, I got Brooklyn Lager as well, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. It was a Sierra Nevada IPA Hop Hunter. I haven't tried it before. I don't, I don't know if that's a new one, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit of a hunter. Yeah. yeah. 
and I I got some of this uh, Roosters Fort Smith. Oh, I love that, yeah. But yeah. I just had that, so I, I don't I I've no idea how to connect that. Well, it's it's, yeah. it's American as well, isn't it? I don't know if it's one of those ones that like it's brewed in England. Oh. Brewed? Oh no, no, yeah, brewed and canned in the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. So no. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like there's in some sort of like either abandoned fort or smithy at the end of uh, at the end of the burning. Yeah, that's the best I can do. I guess. There you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, young crazy Pete. I should have had like 15 minutes before the supermarket closed after leaving work. So I, uh, I and I was too tired to go to an actual an actual like proper beer shop. Did you so watch the uh, again. <laughs> And I got a mosaic, Suffolk mosaic pale ale brewed by Adnams. Uh, There's a picture of a lighthouse on it, which uh, is, you know, something you get near water, and a lot of this takes place on water, Um, uh, which is the same reason I went for Harbour Brewing Company's American Pale, which uh, 100% West Coast hops, unlike burning. This would have been good for Ghost Chip. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I could go. Yeah. Um, there's some a lot of pale American kids in it, not a lot of black kids. Um, and uh, American laid back IPA, which is like a session IPA, um, much like uh, a session India pale ale, much like um, when uh, Fisher Stevens did a session playing an Indian in Short Circuit 2. Fisher Stevens played Woodstock in the burning. Uh, so, uh, and if I run out of that, uh, I'm also going to pick some wine I stole from a conference. So. Uh, oh, nice one! Me. Nice one! How did you get away with stealing that? Uh, actually, my boss gave it to me. It was, it was, I was, I was leaving while everybody else was still drinking, so there was tons of wine left. So, uh. I shoved it in my bag, which was, which is nice of her. So. Yeah, nice. Cool. Well, I'm going to grab a bottle opener and uh, we'll be back after this. So, look. You'll see you. Don't breathe. They'll hear you. Don't move. You're dead! Now that you've regained your strength, it's time for you to leave. Considering how badly you're burned, you're lucky to be alive. I know you still resent those kids, but try not to blame anyone for what happened. It was an accident. Some of you older ones are leaving tomorrow for a three-day canoe trip to Devil's Creek. You can all look after yourselves pretty good. Just remember, it's a long way from home. As he screamed out, burned alive, cried out. I will return! I will have my revenge! At the window, there! There, there, at the window! Easy, man, what's going on? It was a face! A horrible face at the window! I saw it, 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 I Uh, I was actually thinking about <laughs> that thing that you said, Crazy P. Um, what was the the guy from Short Circuit? He plays he plays Woodstock. Uh, Fisher Stevens. 
Yeah, and so like whenever I was a kid, I only found out that recently that yeah he wasn't actually an Indian guy. Yeah, yeah, because when I was like you know when I watched Short Circuit, I was you know like six or seven probably like probably, and then yeah watched it loved it when I was a kid and then I haven't seen it since. So I just have this this image of this character who was an Indian guy, and then someone said it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like thinking back actually that was quite racist. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's like when you kind of watch Indiana Jones films again. And you go, yeah, this yeah. is actually a bit racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, did you see? I did. You guys watch Master of None, uh, Aziz and Sari? Uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. good. There, there's an episode in, in that sort of dedicated to the premise that um, Lawrence Stevens they discovered Lawrence Stevens is Indian, and it's it's a um, it's an episode about about him and his other Indian friend actors trying to get a, a role in a sitcom. But uh, the show's amazing, actually. But actually, he wrote, a, he wrote an article for New York Times where he interviewed uh, Fisher Stevens, and they sort of, yeah, like he comes across Fisher Stevens comes across quite well as well. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I really regret this, and I did a lot of research to make sure I wasn't just playing like this hammy like Indian guy. And as he's sorry, he's very sympathetic to his, you know, you know, young actor trying to take any take any big role he can get at that time, you know. He does sort of look Indian, though, in, in The Burning. It is weird. Um, yeah, so, uh, Dee, um, you hadn't seen The Burning before, so why did you pick it? Uh, I think I was going through the list of video analyses just to um, see which ones I hadn't seen. There is quite, still quite a lot of them, but I think I, I basically discovered it through that. And I think I've heard you talking about it before, Ian, as well. But uh, I just I sort of I was intrigued by the Harvey Weinstein link. Um, you know, just because he went on to be well involved in Shakespeare in Love, yeah. but uh, I thought it'd be interesting to check it out based on the fact that he it was his sort of uh, attempt to break in to film in the first place. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I thought it'd be an interesting um, piece based on that, just because he's I guess he's kind of coming from that maybe exploitation type angle that uh, Island of Death guy was as well. But uh, I think he actually made a very good film. Like, it wasn't just killings. Like, it was actually well put together. But uh, that, that's why I chose it anyway. Just, I was uh, just intrigued. Yeah, but it was weird that you, that you chose it, though, because you, you, you're kind of indifferent to, to slashers, aren't you? Yeah, but I think this might have changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, uh, like as we've said this so many times before in the podcast, but, yeah, basically... Um, yeah, you've got like Black Christmas and then Halloween and then Friday the Thirteenth and just those films and then there's just a massive burst towards the end of the seventies and then through to the the mid to late eighties uh, just slasher films basically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, The Burning I suppose was one of the f- one of the kind of first to kind of cash in on um, the Friday the Thirteenth uh, thing and uh, you know which is kind of obvious considering it's summer camp slasher thing and uh, they got Tom Savini in to do the um, yeah. Special effects, uh, and apparently that—that's why Tom Savini didn't do um, Friday Thirteenth Part Two because he wanted to do the burning instead. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was some of the, the effects were amazing, but I suppose yeah. I'll chat about them later. Yeah. Uh, Cr- yeah. Crazy P, you'd seen the burning before, hadn't you? I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, and I hadn't seen it. Uh, but I thought I had. I was. Um, but anyway, doesn't matter. I had. It turned out. Um, but you had talked about it a lot. I remember at like. I remember you had a barbecue one time and we were talking about Cropsey because I just watched a documentary, Cropsey. Very, very, very loosely based on the Cropsey legend. I remember you 
talking about how you were out doing the gardening and you got some like garden shears and just stood up and you shouted, ah, Cropsy! <laughs> and then, <laughs> and uh, Tamsin turned around and went, he does do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't shout Cropsy, I shouted, damn burning! Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Okay. I was like listening out for that and it didn't happen. When? Is that in the trailer or something? Yeah, it's in the trailer. Oh, uh, okay, because I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I was hoping like when the credits came up at the start, you know the the introductory titles that that was going to happen. But right, yeah, I, I was waiting the last for in the conversation leading up to the recording of this podcast. You must have said that burning about forty times. <laughs> that <laughs> burning, right? One of the clips tonight is uh, the trailer for the burning uh, with the burning at the end. So um, <laughs> we'll listen to that. It was just now, yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. <laughs> forward to midnight swims. Don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door just a mass of flames. Cried out! I will return! I will have my revenge! He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Who's What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again. And again. And again. The Burning Isn't it weird that like Cropsy never became like a kind of franchisable anti-hero like you know Pinhead or Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers you know, why, why, why weren't there eight other Cropsy films This one wasn't very big was it um uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to do much research into this because I've just been in work like constantly. But uh, the quick bit I read was this didn't do very well. I read somewhere Rick Wakeman um, was offered like uh, cut of the royalties, and he turned them down because he thought it was going to flop. And then it turned out to be the biggest selling horror movie in Japan for that year or something. Wow, was it? It maybe came out at a similar time to Friday the Thirteenth, but it, yeah. I think it was filmed before. Um, but or, or the idea was uh, developed before Friday the 13th anyway yeah well yeah that's what Harvey Weinstein seems to uh, yeah something about the, the script was submitted before the Friday the 13th yeah. script was but isn't it weird how like whenever you're studying these films like you you always come across those things like um, Sean S. Cunningham and um, Wes Craven saying that they'd never seen Mario Baba's Bay of Blood or no yeah. not that they hadn't seen it but that, that wasn't a direct influence and you just think what and then you get mm. like um, the guy who made the burning go no 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 we we actually thought of that before but then they just made it first yeah <laughs> um, but but I, thought... I suppose well uh, with with the Cropsey thing Cropsey is like a campfire legend in in like New York New Jersey so you could could sort of see that yeah okay it they have just taken an existing legend and they made a movie out of it you know and it's it happens to be because it's camp it's a campfire story it, it takes place at camp you know mm. so you could sort of see why it may. 
like believable that it wasn't just a direct ripoff of Friday the 13th. Yeah, well, I mean, so. I, I think the fact that they got Tom Savini in to do the makeup, I think is, I think that kind of says a lot. Um, but also the fact that, like, uh, yeah. I kind of made a list of things that I'd noticed that were from the burning that were made it really like uh, Friday the 13th. So, uh, then when the girl Karen, you remember she, like, she goes swimming with with the guy and and uh, yeah, you know, and she runs away and she gets killed. Well, like the way her throat is slit is really similar to Annie's death at the start of Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, uh, no. and then at the very end, whenever Cropsey gets an axe in his face, it's really like uh, Marcy getting her the axe in her face. You know, in the toilets oh, yeah, yeah. in Friday Thirteenth. Uh, the way they kind of dive into the lake off the the white jetties. Yeah, is really like Friday Thirteenth. Uh, the bluegrass music whenever they're all doing the the. The fighting, the water splashing, and the canoes. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. really like right. um, whenever Kevin Bacon and you know Marcy and your, the other guy or N- Nettie are um, driving up to the campus to lake at the start of Friday the Thirteenth and have the bluegrass music. Um, and I thought that Todd, the kind of main you know masculine hero, he was a lot. I think he kind of like seemed like he was really trying to be like uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and they also had uh, the guy Dave, you know, who was in the guy who's in Seinfeld. He's a bit like Neddy, like he can't do anything but fucking constantly wisecrack and constantly yeah. put on a silly voice. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he, he he's even wearing like a kind of numbered hockey shirt, like uh, like Ned is in Friday the Thirteenth, just before he gets killed. But one of the differences I did yeah. note was that there is no um, harbinger of doom. Like there's no, there's no Ralph in uh, in yeah, in the true. I'm just there. looking it up on Wikipedia. Um, it says it was registered a month before Friday the Thirteenth came out. Okay, uh, but it was under it was under a different title called uh, the the Cropsey Maniac. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that was maybe like its working yeah. title or something. Yeah, it was something to do with remember Don't Go in the House. Yeah, yeah, yeah you probably know this already, but it was called The Burning. Yeah, but I think it was the other way around. I think, yeah, I think that's but, I think that's why The Burning, that's why Don't Go in the House was called Don't Go in the House. Because it's working, yeah. It's yeah. So it's that way around. Yeah, because it, it, it was called the burning, and then I think yeah. yeah, whenever that was coming out, they were like, "Oh, we'll change it. To don't go in the house." Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice one. Which actually is a, a much cooler title for that movie. Yeah, yeah, don't shit. go in the house is a great, great title. But also, yeah. the, I mean, like the, the difference, the break from the formula that I suppose hadn't really been established by that stage anyway. Uh, was that there's no final girl, and it's yeah. actually. Um, and actually, there's quite a lot of survivors, and yeah, I mean, there's like a, a male dominance, but also like a male sort of male vulnerability that you don't normally see in horror movies. You know, um, mm. um, there's, there's Albert um, is yeah. is sort of the the closest you get to like that character you normally get, who's like a girl who's about to be killed and, and gets rescued by yeah. another by a, a man. But um, in this stage, it's like two two sort of vulnerable males. It's, um, mm. And maybe why it didn't do so well with like the audiences just wanted sexy girls being being like chased around. And there were a lot of sexy girls being chased around, but like not, you know, it didn't have that sort of finality to it, that, which yeah. is weird, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't really know. I mean, I don't actually know whether or not it did do well, but I, I'll be surprised if it if to hear that it did do well because I mean, it was released that you know, like the 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 start of the boom, and um, was kind of. I mean, it was a. It was a major film production, really, wasn't it? You know, and, uh, it never became, as D said, never became a franchise either. You know. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking, like, uh, totally agree with. Well, I, I, I can, I can totally see why, why D liked it so much because, like, I, I'm a massive fan of The Burning. I think it's like a, a brilliant film, and definitely one like one of the better slashers. In fact, like, um, the last uh, podcast, whenever you mentioned, whenever you selected it, I think I kind of said it was a bit slow paced, and then when I was watching it again, 
I was kind of thinking, God, it must have been ages since I'd seen it, because it, it, it's not slow-paced really at all. Like, it's it kind of, it, it goes on quite well. There's always a lot of red herrings that you constantly, as well, you know? Yeah. It's just, I'm sort of looking this up in terms of how it did, apparently. It didn't do that well, uh, but I think it was because of an oversaturation of, like, slashers, basically. Yeah. I think by the time it was actually filmed and put out and everything, it would have come out around the same time as, I think, Friday the 13th, Part 2. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, So there was other things out. um, What's this? The Happy Birthday to Me was one of them, which I've never heard of. Yeah. No. Final Exam, The Fan, Graduation Day. Graduation Day. Yeah, so apparently they were all out around this. And apparently there was a re-release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the same year. Oh, really? So it didn't help it. Yeah. So I think it just kind of faded into the background more than anything else. Not that... uh, because apparently when the first week it came out, it did really well, and then just I think all those other things came out. Yeah, but like yeah. a but like a lot of a lot of film, a lot of slasher films did kind of fade into the background. But you're you're kind of surprised that the burning did because I think it's a mm. it's it's definitely one of the best slashers. And when I was watching it, I kind of had a weird moment. Um, it was actually the part where um, Alfred's running through the uh, woods just after he's seen Glazer being killed, and I was thinking, is this better than Friday the Thirteenth? Um. But then I quickly, I quickly kind of said, nah, like, if I was watching Friday the 13th, I'd go, no, nah, <laughs> definitely not. Friday the 13th's way better. Um, but, but D, obviously, obviously you think the burning's better than Friday the 13th? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, I think it's just the way, like, the cinematography's really good in it, mm-hmm. which helps it. Or is it, I, I don't know, I just think Friday the 13th's a bit sloppy and amateurish when it comes to that kind of thing. It's not awful in terms of cinematography, but I think with the... The burning that's elevated a, a little bit because there's some like lovely shots in it. Like there, there's a bit where they're on the raft and there's a big pan out of the whole lake and yeah, it's, it's like something you'd see in a modern film. Uh, just because every modern film these days has you know the best cinematographer in the business that they can get for whatever money they have. Yeah, but, no, I, I thought it looked and also the acting was a lot better. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was because um, it kept me more interested. And I, I, it was hard to put my finger on it, but. I think um, what you were saying about um, like it does keep your interest. Like you know, you just keep keep focused on it. And I don't know. I remember like turning on the screen at one point just um, to pause it because I had to go to the toilet or something. But like forty minutes had passed, and I thought it was like fifteen minutes into it. Hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it, but it, it is a lot better than, in my opinion, Friday the Thirteenth. I suppose it's a testament yeah, to that, like the fact that you know so many of the actors went on to um, you know become famous, basically. But uh, Crazy P, uh, what do you think? Um, which is better, uh, Friday the Thirteenth or The Burning? I actually would be tempted to say The Burning as well now, um, whereas it do sort of like the sort of like I don't know the anarchic nihilism of Friday the Thirteenth. I I think the The Burning is kind of a more enjoyable movie, you know. It, uh, it, it's it's definitely more intellectually rewarding, even if it's not like it's not fucking, it's not Pasolini or anything. But it's like it, it is like a much better made movie, and it still delivers in the same way. And it is it does as these said, like the cinematography is is great at some points. Uh, when you said though, after um, Alfred sees Glazer getting murdered though, <laughs> and he's running through running through the woods, and you're like, this this is good and you know this is it's different slightly but then when he meets todd he then like gives him the fucking worst 
explanation of what the hell he's talking about. Like, <laughs> doesn't tell him anything. And, like, how Todd even gets, like, somebody demoted from that is, like, it's beyond, beyond reason. And it's like, right, okay, for fuck's sake, gotta, like, we should have, like, looked at that script. Because all he really says is, I followed him, I didn't. Who knows? But, but it, then it, and now the man is like, for fuck's sake. Say, say something sensible, like, you don't believe me. Like yeah. the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you talk shit. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, whenever that kind of happens in a film, I usually kind of think, um, is that maybe the way you would get on? Because you know, you're so you're just in shock, and how yeah, yeah. how do you get out everything that you've just seen in the past half an hour into one yeah. succinct sentence? You'd just be going, oh, and then I fucking oh Jesus, oh they're all yeah, dead, yeah. oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, true. Possibly, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just if, if if we're kind of like picking kind of things that we thought were stupid, I was actually pissing myself. Um, the bit at the very start, not not at the very start, <laughs> the bit whenever uh, <laughs> I think I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> After uh, Cropsey's been burned and he goes to hospital, and then the the porter oh, yeah, is yeah. showing the doctor down the hallway, and the doctor is like, he's just fucking turned up that day. Not knowing, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and he's like an old guy. He's, yeah. He looks like he's been like, he hasn't just spent like seven years in medical school, and then you know, thirty years of being a fucking doctor, and then yeah. he's just acting like, oh my like, god, yeah. like really, really shocked. And he goes, yeah, you yeah, ain't going to see nothing like this, man. And the way he reacts, <laughs> like as if a doctor would go, Jesus, and run out of the room. Like, you're the yeah. shittest doctor in the world. But also, like the guy is just grabbing his arm. Why? Why is the porter screaming so badly? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why, why, like, it's it's not like he's he's being burned himself. He's, like, this terrified scream. Also, somebody, uh, uh, it's a common misconception that, like, that porter is Lawrence Fishburne, uh, which <laughs> he doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne no. at all. <laughs> just I'm... like people have, there's a black guy. That... <laughs> I read that, and I was thinking, he does not look like Lawrence Fishburne one bit. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And, I thought uh, the, the other stupid bit uh, was the bit where they actually create Cropsy. You know, and uh, they the come up with that wee, like, uh, thing to scare him, that skull with candles yeah. in it. Yeah. And start knocking at the window. But it's just the bit where it cuts to him and he, like, creaks out and then sort of... He has to go out of his way to put it onto his bed. <laughs> yeah, he, he, does, like, he like, <laughs> reaches behind it and sweeps it onto himself. Yeah, it's like, sort of your own fault, in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And sleeping beside a load of petrol as well is mm. that was really funny actually. It just yeah. happens to be a big can of petrol. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> I'll keep a big can like, of petrol beside my bed. It was like something that would happen to uh, sorry, got a bit of dirt. Uh, something that would happen to Wiley Coyote. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. It, it it reminds me of um, there's like two other scenes that I can think of, of in horror. I, th- I think there's a scene in Zombie Holocaust, whenever the woman wakes up and finds like a, a rotting maggoty skull behind her, on her bedside table, and then that you know that bit in The Wicker Man, whenever Sergeant Ty wakes up and there's a there's like a burning hand, oh yeah, on a spike uh, beside his bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. whenever I saw that, it just made me think of that. But it's just it's one of those things where like, at at the start of the prologue. You find out basically quite quickly that there's this janitor in the summer camp and they don't like him, so they're pulling a prank. And they all look in the bag and go, "Oh, he's gonna go! Oh, this is brilliant, the best prank ever!" And thinking, "Oh, I wonder what it is. Oh, what you know, what what devious, what devious <laughs> cunning plan have they come up with?" 
Oh, uh, they uh, stole a skull and set it on fire and put it on his bedside table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even I, set it on fire. They just put some candles, candles in the eyes. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just looking at the window going, oh, he's going to wake up, he's going to wake up and see the skull. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, as if he's going to go, okay, I'll stop being a dick now, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I just thought it was so funny. Like, the, the people writing that script had no... Like, they just completely fucked that whole bit up with the Doctor and the Porter. Like, yeah. You know, like, the Doctor's, like, an average Joe. Like, you know, like, imagine going to the Doctor with, like, you know, a really horrendous skin condition, and the Doctor going, oh, my God! Oh! And running out of the room. <laughs> That's disgusting! <laughs> You're a freak! <laughs> I know, and the like, yeah, the other doctor as well. Like, just locking the guy in is <laughs> is absurd. Um, the I mean, okay, so yeah, talking about the guys who were and you mentioned earlier, it's like it's the Weinstein's. They're they mm. they only wrote two things actually. I I mean, like I I looked up their their credits just to see how many films have been involved in, and like production wise, like I think they've both been involved in, like three hundred and forty odd. Jeez. Films, but they they've only ever written two films together, and uh, and it was that and Playing for Keeps, nineteen eighty six, which looks like it might have been a uh, a sort of John Hughes rip off. Um, oh, a, a what like, rip off? A John Hughes rip off. What's that? Um, like Pretty in Pink, um, you know John Hughes Breakfast Club. Um, uh, I was just uh, thinking, may as well um, discuss its kind of video video nasty status. So. Yeah, with the 72 um, uh, films that were selected for prosecution under the Teens Publications Act during the Video Nasty era, just over half of them, I can't remember the actual exact, exact figures now, but just over half of them were, were uh, successfully prosecuted and the other ones were just kind of dropped, basically. Uh, but The Burning, as far as I can see, was one of the ones that was successfully prosecuted. It had been released, um, as we said, like as a, as a mainstream film, um, and uh, the BBFC had passed it, but they'd cut quite a lot of stuff out. Um, notably, I think the the bits in the raft scene, you know, where the fingers are cut off. Oh yeah. yeah. And then also, there's a bit where where that girl Karen gets her throat slit, and the blood runs down over her breasts. I don't know, but I've just from previous, just from knowing what the board looked out for in those days, I think they probably would have cut that as well. There was something else that they cut. Oh yeah, they cut um, the bits of the uh, prostitute being killed at the start of the film. Well, that was great, scene. Yeah, and I was thinking um, that's mm. probably because it's, it, they probably could just cut the the knife, the the the, the uh, pair of scissors going into the flesh, because I think that's probably probably constituted sexualized violence. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was cut when it was passed for theatrical classification in um, 1981, and then um, I think uh, what happened was EMI Thorne or whatever they were called, the people who were uh, distributing it in the UK, they released the uncut version by mistake, and it was. Prosecuted, I think, um, under the Obscene Publications Act, and um, then they re-released the the cut version in 1992, uh, and then yeah, it, it's just recently been passed for classification again, I think, or no, no, it was passed uncut, I think, in 2008. I think and, it might have been 2001, at least uncut. I'm just I'm on the video nasty Wikipedia page, but I was never able to find it, and um, yeah. I think it's uh, Arrow. I've just announced that they are um, releasing yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. it'll be good if it gets the arrow treatment. They usually put in like loads of um, bonus, you know, stuff like behind the scenes and interviews and stuff. So probably, yeah, probably get that when it comes out. But again, yeah, just obviously one of those ones that just um, was was kind of snatched up with the whole uh, video nasty thing. And uh, 
um, I think that the, the front cover of the, of the video re- that was released in the UK is like uh, the Cropsey on fire, I guess. So some police officer just kind of went into the video store looking to raid some films, saw um, a video with a guy burning on it called The Burning and just went, there you go, yeah, okay, I'll have that one. <laughs> um, and there you go. The rest, the rest, as they say, is history. So, uh, is that how this kind of stuff happens? Like they would get police officers to like flag these things to them. In in the early days, um, there was no actual um, real rules that were kind of given. There was no kind of government advice to police chiefs. It was just basically, oh shit, this is a problem. Um, go and seize 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 material. So it was yeah. it was essentially down to kind of individual police chiefs. Um, yeah. and so a lot of the time it was just kind of you know go in and lift anything that looks looks um, dodgy basically anything that anything that you think could be construed could, could be considered um, to be obscene to be harmful harmful material right. yeah um, and and you know that's why we, as we said before you, you got you know um, stuff like um, the, the best little whorehouse in Texas which was a Dolly Parton musical being lifted and someone, yeah. someone lifted Apocalypse Now um, and just you know, <laughs> things like that just got. Um, because people didn't really really know what they were what they were what they were um, yeah. what they were talking about essentially. So it is really it's, it's mad how uh, like government can be uh, completely arbitrary. Yeah, in certain rulings like and just uh, shows the ridiculous nature of uh, scaremongering. Like really, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, going back to that that scene, uh, the one with the prostitute that gets murdered. Yeah. I'd be I'd be interested to know how Tom Savini actually did it. Because like, it does look frighteningly like real. It does, yeah. Uh, it's just the bit where it's scissors that he uses. I think so it? yeah. Is that yeah. I don't know what he did there, but like it, it just it looks like actual flesh being penetrated. I think the most uncomfortable of all the all of them to watch, like all the murders to watch. Mm. It, uh, yeah, it just seemed too too real and too easy, and like there was there was no elasticity about it or anything. It just looked pretty horrible <laughs> you know just like the, the blood was also like a lot darker than it usually is in those slasher films yeah it's, you know it's always quite bright red in a lot of 80s yeah, horror films yeah. um, did I ask about this before Ian did you have an answer what? to that why why like uh, blood is always bright red and like sort of 80s horror films no didn't have an answer oh. But have you guys noticed sure. that though? Is it, yeah, but you get it in like Hammer films as well, and like Italian Jello yeah. films. And is it corn syrup? Is that uh, is that uh, is that just like made up for Scream? That's they, they talk about it in Scream. Well, that's that's uh, in Scream. He says that's what they used um, for um, in Psycho. You know, in Carrie. Because I was Carrie. Was it like a lot darker? I can't remember now. It's been a while since I've watched it. But it's just, I just wonder when films started getting like real looking blood. I know it's not really weird. Yeah. Like the. Uh, like the Hammer films and stuff, and especially like the well, with like kind of like um, like say like like early Dario Argento Jalos, you can kind of you can kind of see why he's doing that, you know, because it's kind of artistic, you know. Sometimes when the blood spatters, it actually looks like uh, it's it's spatters onto and Dario Argento films it spatters onto like a white wall and actually looks like um, he's painting with it or something. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, yeah. have you ever seen the film Blood Feast? Herschel Gordon Lewis. I'm not sure. It's been a long, long time since you it's but a like an Egyptian priest who uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was like the Egyptian priest reawakens after five thousand years, or if he is alive, like just mortal, and he like revitalizes these gods after like five thousand years. But uh, sounds like the new X Men film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I remember like 
Like the blood in that is fucking disgusting. It looks like it's it's really pink or something. It's just whatever. It's really off-putting color. It's not like any any other blood you've ever seen in any any movie. And it's it looks kind of like pasta sauce or something. <laughs> yeah, isn't there a bit whenever he he cuts uh, someone's tongue off? Maybe. And yeah, like, I remember. Yeah, it's really gory, but it's like really yeah, the gore is really weird. It's like all like brightly colored and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, uh, yeah. 1963, fuck. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? An Egyptian caterer kills various women in suburban Miami to use their body parts to bring to life a, a dormant Egyptian goddess, while an inept police detective tries to track him down. But um, what about the um, the uh, Cropsey documentary? Crazy P, you, you, you've obviously seen it. It's, it's not really a bike. It sort of starts out like um, uh, as a documentary with the Cropsey legend, but then, from what I sort of remember, it then turns into... A really sad history of these, like, uh, really abusive care homes in New Jersey, uh, like children's care homes. Uh, there, there were, I think there was some expose about these care homes in the 90s, maybe 80s. Uh, it really shocked everybody because there was just, like, terrible abuse and terrible squalor, and the kids were just, like, uh, were just, yeah, left, left sitting. Yeah, just in, like, the worst conditions imaginable. And uh, I think they were all closed down. And it worked. It started, there was a connection with Cropsey um, somehow, but I can't really remember what it was. Uh, with- yeah, I've I've uh, seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it's on Netflix, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah, as you said, it's it starts off about Cropsey because Cropsey is like a New Jersey, New York uh, thing. I think it's something that, you know, parents would say to their kids or kids would say to each other, you yeah. know, well, Cropsey's going to get you without really ever knowing yeah. Who Cropsey was, which obviously makes it more scary, because then to that kid, Cropsey is the scariest thing they can fucking think of. But um, basically, what happens is it, it it's basically about them growing up as kids and the Cropsey legend existing, and then all of a sudden, young kids in their neighborhood started being found murdered and like buried in the uh, woods. Yeah, and that's stuff. right. Yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. um, and so what happens is the documentary then starts focusing on this guy called Andre Rand. Who um, essentially he was a, he was a caretaker he was a janitor um, in a uh, institution somewhere in like Staten Island or something like that and basically uh, as you say Chrissy P this person did like a, a documentary in the seventies like an expose and aired it and it showed like the 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 footage um, that they showed in the documentary it's actually like something from like a modern day found footage film it's horrendous the way like just basically mentally ill people were just being treated and just horrendous conditions and being like violently restrained and things like that so after the expose the whole thing was closed down and Andre Rand was a was a janitor in there and um there was like an underground system that the staff could use um in order to get around quickly you know if say like the lunatics take over the asylum then they know that there's this secret yeah and the homeless people start living there yeah so basically after the place gets closed down obviously you know it doesn't get demolished it just gets overgrown and it just you know people squatters start using it but on underneath the tunnels what they think basically was that Andre Rand and his um, other homeless and crazy friends basically um, were just like kind of uh, sexually abusing the, the young girls and um, then killing them because it all came about there was like a young um, girl with um, Down syndrome who went missing and then like uh, witnesses later said that uh, he uh, had um been seen or she'd been seen walking with Andre Rand earlier that day and then she was missing and then basically like a few weeks later some 
cop is what is in the forest and he finds finds like, the body basically like that. Um, and then yeah, I think Andrew Ron got sentenced to to prison. He got found guilty for at least some of the the murders because loads of wee girls had got missing and gone missing. And basically that's what they thought. So so the documentary kind of explores all that. As you, as you said, Grizzly Bee, it's kind of weird because it starts off as just like, oh, this is about the cropsy thing, and it, it wasn't yeah. weird when we were kids, and then it just turns into like, oh, the, the documentary just becomes about this murder case, basically. I totally forgot that, that, that all that other horrible stuff was in there, <laughs> and that actually forms the complete core of that documentary. <laughs> all I remembered was it, it was like a really sad documentary about a terrible, but actually, yeah, there were like a, a ton of really horrible murders and stuff like that and it's uh, yeah was it something yeah. to do with I, I saw it ages ago so i can't really remember it very well but was there something to do with the like the found areas in the wood where someone had been camping and things like this and yeah there yeah, was that right but then they find like uh like homemade like made shelters and stuff yeah, yeah. and they yeah. thought like that maybe were they trying to tie it to the cropsy thing that way and you know, people maybe thought that was Cropsy, but it turned out it was this mad janitor guy. Yeah. Or something. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been so long. I actually forgot all that. Like, it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I think it was maybe one of the first things I ever watched Netflix. Yeah. I think, I remember finding it, it, like, it wasn't the best documentary I ever watched. And, like, yeah. I found it hard to hold my interest. That was my memory of it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I really liked it. But yeah, I mean, in reference to The Burning, that's obviously... You know, that like why the killer is called Cropsy, but it's just weird like the, the those all those those kind of boogeyman stories. Like I know like the um, Scandinavians like uh, and like the, the Norwegians had lots of kind of myths based around like uh, the forests and things. Like yeah. basically a means of keeping children out of the fucking forests. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that's and that's where you get these like um, I remember I saw a film ages ago. It was, it was a Norwegian film called I think it was called Talia T H A L I A, and he's like she was like a. These guys go into the for- this forest. It's not a horror film. But these guys goes into these forests and find like Italia, and Italia is basically a beautiful woman, but she's got like a tail and maybe some other kind of animalistic features. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just weird because like it's, it obviously just kind of comes from, and this is obviously where it comes from the burning. But like I think it's really kind of encapsulated really well when he's telling the story around the campfire of Cropsy, because uh-huh. that really like that that's like classic American legend, isn't it? You know, like holding or telling a. Um, story like that around the campfire yeah. I think uh, before you go on to something else there's a there's a Native American one as well called the Skinwalker yeah I only yeah. discovered this recently like, but yeah it's, it's sort of uh, you might know more about it Paul I, uh, I just discovered bit. this the other day uh, yeah. it's basically like a, a sort of a female type figure isn't it I think so people have said they've seen them in the forest and things like this and they're just proud about it and they're quite animalistic but it's always yeah. a female figure there was great name. <laughs> some controversy recently, um, within the last six months, about somebody sort of misappropriating the sort of Skinwalker legend for for some other film or book or something. I can't remember what it was, but there was a lot about it recently. We'll just have to have to never know because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was wondering, is it time for a break? Because we could listen to um, the uh, campfire um, story. That let's let's bring out some marshmallows to do that. Do you want to watch the, or do you want to listen to the um, first campfire scene or the the campfire scene at the end? Uh, the first one. Together. Mm. Cool. up for for the, the horrors to come. <laughs> <laughs> 
One time, this Cropsy really went after this kid from Brooklyn. Followed him around night and day. He made this kid's life living hell. But this time, he chose the wrong guy. Because the kid and some of his buddies had planned a little prank that would scare the living shit out of Cropsy. Only problem was, the gag went wrong. The next thing anyone knows, Cropsy's trapped alive and burning in his bunk. They try to get him out, but the fire's so fierce they can't reach him. All they can do is stand outside and listen to him cry out in agony. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. And as he screamed out, burned alive, he cried out, I will return! I will have my revenge! They never found his body. He survived. He lives on whatever he can catch. Eats them raw. human. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Don't look. He'll see you. Don't move. He'll hear you. Don't breathe. You're dead! What did you guys think of uh, Tom Savini's makeup in general? I mean, he's, he's, I think he said that he didn't really get enough time to do Cropsy's makeup the way he'd wanted to. I um, I mean, I, I was like Chromecasting from YouTube, so I mean, I didn't get finer details of it. But uh, it, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. And especially when he appears at the window the first time, you're like, fuck. Mm. Um, yeah, the arm that grabs <laughs> is, is kind of a bit crappy. It just looks like a, an arm that's kind of muddy or something like dried mud on it but uh, but everything else yeah it seems seems pretty good yeah the uh, the uh, throat slitting um, is particularly good with the garden shears and um, what do you call him uh, Glazer's death's pretty good as well the way he gets like kind of um, did he get like a spike <laughs> through his neck or something and then it hits the the tree behind him yeah the, it's only oh, yeah. garden shears again isn't it um, mm. he's just sort of like supported on the garden shears by his neck I read that he like uh, propped himself up on something so that he would look like yeah. he'd be, so when they when they uh, film the their their leg, the bottom of their legs. It looks like he's being you know held up by Cropsy. A bit just before that, though, where he like he pulls back, um, pulls back Sally's sleeping bag, and Cropsy sort of rises up from like under the sleeping bag as if like Cropsy has just been sitting there the whole time. He has to have been sitting there the whole time, for that. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hasn't noticed him, even though he's in a clearing in a forest. You know. Yeah, but I suppose like uh, what did what did you call the. Uh guy who lasts until the end who gets pinned up by the shares uh, Alfred Alfred Alfred. I suppose he somehow becomes quite stealthy a lot of the time like bizarrely because you know he's a bit weird and like spying on people so yeah, that, I've, yeah I find that a bit strange as well that he was just able to spy on people without them noticing yeah, yeah. and uh, he has he has a wee like shimmer of a smile when he sees the glazers being killed did you notice that yeah he does like he's actually he's quite unreadable through a lot of it Actually, part of me thought, um, I think you'd referenced this earlier, Paul, with a bit of a red herring type thing. And in my head, when I watched that, I thought that was possibly, oh, maybe they're in cahoots. Yeah, yeah, or maybe, yeah, or like a split personality kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, I guess it didn't come to fruition. Yeah. I always think it's kind of funny. Um, And this is kind of something, actually, that my sister pointed out. The way, you know, the way, like, in slasher films, because they're trying to scare you, they'll have like something happen that's really elaborate. So, for example, in Friday the 13th, she'll be running along, and then all of a sudden, 
like a body that's tied to the tree will swing down in front of her. Yeah, or yeah. like uh, that scene in the burning whenever he's like uh, he obviously pops out from nowhere and stabs Glazer, you know, because he's been sleeping in the sleeping yeah. bag. It's like actually imagining some, like this kind of faceless, demented, uh, sadistic killer going, and then I'll just hide in the sleeping bag, and when he comes out, he won't know that I'm here, <laughs> and then I can stab him in the neck, or like um, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Jason where he's getting the rope and going, and then I'll tie her up there so that whenever the other person's running along, it'll fall down and scare. Her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Like, uh... <laughs> but that, that, I thought it was actually quite good. I wasn't expecting that. It, it, it had been a while since I'd seen it, and I haven't seen it that many times. So a, a lot of it was kind of like a like a shock to me, as if I was watching it for the first time. And that that kill where he's in sleeping bag, um, I wasn't expecting him to be there. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, I was convinced. Like the raft, the bit on the raft, the slaughter on the raft. Uh, which was fucking brutal. Oh, that was amazing. That's crazy. But it got me because I was like, right, every time, every time you see something like this, it is always a fucking body in mm. in the raft. I think Anthropophagus wasn't it a body in, in a canoe. And you're like, right, it's always a body in a canoe. And this, you know, this is a lot of suspense just for a fucking body in a canoe. And fair enough, this movie made ages ago, blah, 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 blah. I was thinking all this. And then it's like, fuck, it's Cropsy. It's actually, it's actually in that. And it, it got me, even though I fucking knew Cropsy was, was there and the killer, or, you know, was, was on the loose and, you know, was hanging out in that, that area. I thought, fuck, that's, a Cropsy is, he knows, he knows how to scare the shit out of you. Like. <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be a body. And then yeah. he jumps up and then commits an absolute massacre. It's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. And then the, the bit where like um, his uh, fingers are snipped off and he's just looking at them going, ah, it's, it's, it's Woodstock, isn't it? Isn't it Woodstock? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's so good. And then like, you know, like that was obviously one of the bits that they cut out, you know, in the uh, in the, in the censored version. Yeah. It so, seems a shame. Like, oh, just oh, stopping knobs. <laughs> uh, you guys haven't watched The Night Of, have you? At all? No. No, we don't think so. It's uh, it's a new series, but uh, Woodstock's in that as well. He plays oh, yeah. a, a pharmacist in it. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, I just noticed him. But no, really, really good scene that though. I think that was my highlight of the film actually. It's kind of like it's you know like a zombie flesh eaters uh, eye piercing scene or you know the shower scene. In Psycho. <laughs> Whenever you talk about the burning, yeah. you go yeah the fucking raft scene yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair play to them for actually managing to build the raft. Can you imagine yes, if it was so. us three, like, um, you know, us three on that island going, well, we're going to have to build a raft. And we're like, well, well, obviously we're not going to be able to build a raft, so what else we got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, was, so was it like an island then? Was it... She said, like, wait, we'll have to walk. And then he's like, have you seen where we are? There's dense forestation everywhere. And I was like, all right, okay, fuck's sake. <laughs> I, I just try to walk anyway. Like, yeah, just go, fuck yeah. this. I'm walking. Bye. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, I think I would sort of like the idea of like building a raft until I actually got round to like trying it, and then I'd be like, ah, Jesus, <laughs> it's just going to take ages. What would you like to tie everything together with? I think they were using saplings, were they? See, when it gets to that level of shit, that you know, like like you've got to try yeah. and you know, turn turn something around you into rope, then you just yeah, and look, yeah. lads, let's just walk. Yeah, let's just walk and shout our names really loudly into the dark, and uh, <laughs> something something will, will come and help. But the thing I always think about, like, and it happens in Friday the Thirteenth too, is that whenever they like, um, you know, two lovers are, you know, beside the water, they one of them goes, "Oh, let's go skinny dipping." Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and they got the whole thing of like one of them wanting to go and the other one not wanting to go, and blah blah blah. 
But it's like, I was just think, like, there's no fucking way I would ever get in, like, it's just some fucking lake. <laughs> mm. I don't know, like, maybe I'm being, like, really, um... I don't know, I've gone, like, camping by a lake before, um, by surprise in Switzerland. We sort of turned up, we're looking for somewhere to camp, and there's, like, we're this heavily armed, we're really drunk, and this heavily armed police officer who's really friendly, and, uh got us in a taxi and sent us, told the taxi driver to take us to this place. And we were all just like, yeah, brilliant class. This guy with a fucking machine gun has just like told this guy to take us somewhere. <laughs> and uh, this guy took us to this fucking beautiful, like uh, camping spot beside his lake. And we were the only people there. And there was like a full brazier full of wood ready for us. And, stuff. and um, we just like went midnight swimming in this lake and it was class. But that's, uh, that's how they get you. Yeah, really. Yeah. And then, the taxi driver would come back. And... Yeah, exactly. Then the next day, <laughs> the next day we we camping there again, and I was like, "Shit, there's only one person, two people in the world know we're here, and we don't have any like don't have any food reception here or anything, and it's yeah, it's uh, totally isolated, and we they had wood ready for us. They're going to fucking burn us or something. And, uh, one of them had a machine gun. Yeah, one of them had a machine gun. <laughs> Although uh, the guy with the machine gun was was a police officer, so it probably would have. <laughs> Well, that didn't stop Maniac Cop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched Wolf Creek, like, maybe a week before as well, so. Yeah, or, uh, mid- yeah. or uh, Midnight, whenever the uh, cops um, end up uh, being part of the satanic cult. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. w- whenever you were by the lakeside, uh, did did one of you need to go for a pee and walk half a mile into the forest to do so? <laughs> exactly. There were toilets there as well, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I think, like, Ian, do you remember, like, years ago, uh, we went for a walk through Hillsborough Forest Park. Yeah. And we found a mattress in the <laughs> in the middle of the forest. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It was just really strange. It's kind of eerie. I used to, like, um, like, Lockett's and I, or me and Fliz or whatever, we used to walk, walk through the park, and sometimes we, we would, like, um, just go off the road, you know, off the, not off the road, off, like, off the beaten path, and because um, you know like lived in the same village since we were born basically so we just know that park inside and out and just go to like these bits that you know are beautiful but that no one else will be and like you would we just always come across um like uh old campfire sites you know and inevitable you know faded tins of you know cheap cider and lager and obviously just people going into the park at night and building fires and drinking i mean like if you were homeless and you and your, your mates were homeless why wouldn't you just go into the park and build a fire and sit around and yeah. drink so it's one of those things, like I love, um, well I don't love it, but whenever you pass something in the morning, like say you're on your way to work, and you see like a load of tins, just like empty tins sitting at a certain area, and you go, like, I'm glad I walked past this at the right time. Yeah. It's like if you had been there like a few hours before, there would have been a load of drunk people. Might have been good fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of the characters, you've only really got a limited amount of um, sympathy for uh, Alfred, don't you? Yeah. I did actually think, though, like, at, at the start of the film, like Todd, for example, is nowhere near as angry as he should be with Alfred whenever Alfred fucking sneaks yeah. into the girl's showers. There's a lot of sort of like um, male apologism going on, like uh, whenever uh, Glazer, there's one, one bit where he does something really sexually aggressive and they're like, hey, all the, like the girls shut at him and the guys are like, hey, hey, let us talk to him. Take it easy on him, you know. Mm. Let, let us just, you know, just, you know, have a, a quiet word with him instead of, you know, actually punishing him. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of that sort of stuff goes on like but yeah. I thought with um, I, well, I thought with Alfred was maybe a good approach like in terms of like because he's supposed to be a kid in it isn't he 
yeah. I think so. It's hard to tell what age people are meant to be because they're all yeah. like, the same age, playing different ages. <laughs> <laughs> but if he's like, if he's, I don't know, if he's supposed to be fifteen or something, yeah. it's like a kid and he's an idiot. Like, and you sort of get the impression he might yeah. be sort of slightly on the spectrum as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I suppose you wonder: is there any use in getting aggressive with him? I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah, but because I suppose that's what your man, um, what what do you call the the hothead guy? Glazer. Yeah. Glazer. Glazer. Yeah, I suppose that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it probably doesn't help matters. One of no. the things that I found really weird is how it's kind of how the other characters react to to Glazer because he's obviously like a dick and he's obviously the hothead and he's obviously like, throws his weight around and no one really likes him. But for some reason, they still seem to treat him as a friend. So whenever they they're, they're like at the start of the film, towards sorry towards the beginning of the film, they're like um, late for dinner and they all go into the mess hall, and they have their big grand entrance, and then Glazer starts chatting up Sally, and then Dave um, does an impersonation of Glazer, and Glazer grabs him by the uh, grabs him by the shirt and kind of swings him around, and they're kind of going, "Hey, what's what's going on, man? Take it easy. Hey, chill out, man." It's like. That's the way that you would talk if your friend who never normally did stuff like that did something like that. That's not the way. Yeah. That, that's not the way that you you talk if someone who you know is like fucking Glazer does that to you. If someone, you know what I mean? It's like they're kind of going, "What Glazer? What? What's, what's up, man? Are, it's like it's Glazer. That's what's up. He's always like that." Yeah. Are, are they sort of like trying to because because they're like thrown into the sort of situation where they have to like stay keep stay like share a room with them and stuff or share a dorm with them i wonder are they like yeah is, is this like their way of sort of trying to keep keep the peace keep the general peace or like for the whole summer you know and uh, because also they do shoot him in the ass though and uh and also like uh fucking george from seinfeld uh <laughs> uh like tries to you know play plays hardball with like the, the condoms with them and stuff and uh, yeah but see uh, that's the thing is like like Whenever they are, because sh- he, he like he pushes Alfred in, so they decide to shoot him in the arse. Woodstock's going to shoot him. Um, yeah, and it's a good shot. It is. Really, yeah, uh, I actually said that out loud when I watched it this time. Oh, <laughs> fuck, good shot. Uh, your man Davey says something. Or Dave says something like, um, "There'll be four commands, or ready, fire, and run." And that to me is like this guy is really mental so we're gonna to have to do this and leg it because yeah. he's gonna come after us but that doesn't that to me that jars with the way they treat him later on whenever they're kind of going hey man what what's got it what's gone into you chill out man yeah he's a hothead because yeah. you know like they really wanted to get back at him so they shot him in the arse but then later on they're kind of <laughs> like they're sur- they're actually treating him like he's their friend and like well, they're surprised that he's angry I mean, it's, maybe just kind of bad script writing or something but i just thought it was yeah you know, weird it probably probably is a reason that the wine scenes didn't keep writing scripts, you know. <laughs> so it sounded like you said the wank stands there. Wank stands. Earlier on, actually, uh, when you introduced the burning in uh, my Skype sort of glitched and uh, I was sure you'd said the burpening. I thought you'd made a joke about it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the burpening. The burpening! <laughs> Um, here, what about uh, Rick Wakeman? It actually is a pretty decent score. I mean, Rick Wakeman mm. not shit. He's, he's, he's a bit of a joke. Like, but he's... Did you ever listen to Yes? Yeah. Um, there <laughs> I, there's a lot of Yes, you know, like Yes have their moments, but Yes are mostly mostly just pomp and shite. 
it's it's a good soundtrack. It's kind of weird that they got him to do it, but it's a good soundtrack, um, and it's definitely yeah. a good soundtrack for a slasher film. And especially, we were talking last episode about um, how good Stranger Things is, and part of the good thing about Stranger Things was it kind of um, uh, mimicked that uh, those kind of retro tense '80s '80s intros that you get, and that kind of that you get in the burning. I think it's it's brilliant. It's just like it's properly let's go for it. Um, the yeah. the bit the bit where Alfred is is running through the trees. It's actually, it's 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 amazing. I have no idea how they shot this, but basically Alfred is running through the trees, and the camera is kind of panning and it's following him. But there's like a a row of trees in between Alfred and the camera, so he's kind of running behind the trees from our perspective. But you can see him running along, and I don't know how they got a stretch of forest that had enough enough of a clearing that they could just have the camera constantly running. But I mean that, that of course was an uh, was another um, way you know in which you kind of totally see like the budget and like the kind of the production that was behind the burning that they could do like a really good a really technical shot like that, um, which you don't yeah. you don't really get in Friday the Thirteenth much you know it's kind of a lot a lot of floaty cam and a lot of POV yeah. and yeah but uh, I absolutely loved that shot and I think like, like a lot of the time when I was watching it and I was thinking is this better than Friday the Thirteenth I think a lot of it was just down to kind of the cinematography. And um, perhaps Cropsey's a more a more satisfying killer than uh, Mrs. Voorhees. I think I generally prefer Jason. Also, Jason more varied sort of yeah. as as in Mrs. Voorhees. I, I think the other characters just are the the acting is, is just better, and that's that's yeah. it. You know, they're more compelling. They relate more to them. And Definitely more believable. I mean, you're you are drawn in more, especially the guy who later on, you know, um, he plays Dave. He went on to be in Seinfeld because I never actually watched Seinfeld, but. He's obviously like a really good actor because he like you totally believe his um yeah. his performance is brilliant. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. You know the way the burning was released um like basically like the same month as Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah. Well, like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two also has a scene in which the guy uh, Paul, he's like like one of the camp counselor guys, and he's um all telling them a story about Jason around the campfire, and at the very kind of climax of the story, one of the other kids is in a like a, a mask and jumps out and scares everyone and then he kind of yeah. goes oh the, you know the Jason story is dead and gone I don't want to hear any more about it kind of thing but like the the, the two scenes in The Burning in front of 13th Part 2 are pretty much identical like the the main guy tells the scary story and then one of the kids jumps out at the end with a mask on that is but that's what kind of tends to happen in in that kind of scenario like I remember like telling ghost stories and uh, having like a Freddy Krueger glove just after watching Nightmare on Street and like sneaking a Freddy Krueger glove around the back of a chair and like scaring shit at somebody, just sort of what what you sort of do in that situation, you know. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have just been like a classic um, campfire thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get any better than the the name Cropsey. What a great name, Cropsey. Yeah, so cool. yeah. Like it, it, I suppose it sort of almost sounds like a reaper, you know, like somebody cuts crops down. You know, it's like a connotation of like being scythed to death or death. <laughs> Yeah, uh, incidentally, I uh, love the fact that um, his uh, weapon of choice is uh, the garden shears. Yeah, it looks yeah. so cool. Oh yeah, it does look cool actually. And it gives you the, it gives him the ability of kind of kind of having him holding him above his head. You get the, like, the silhouette. Yeah, yeah. It just looks so cool. Um, well, I'm gonna take a pee break. I think if that's okay with you guys. Um, yeah, so might, might as well it's t- probably time for another clip anyway. So. Meant to play it earlier on, actually. It's uh, the porter at the start of the film telling the doctor how just just how fucked up the uh, pa- <laughs> the, pa- the patient down the hall is. 
<laughs> the, the one who uh, under the American health system is paying good money to be in hospital. Uh, could he be? Could he qualify as a harbinger? Yeah, I suppose he does play so, that. Uh... Does does tell him that he, like, he says something like he'll be so terrified? Well, we'll find out what he says. After you see this guy, you'll never want to come back in here again. Man, this guy's burned so bad, he's cooked a fucking Big Mac overdone. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a miracle he's still alive. Was me, I prefer to be dead. No way I'd want to be like this freak. I've been working here 10 years, and I'm telling you, I ain't never seen anything like this. In here, man. Come on, take oh, a look. Listen, I gotta go. You want to be a doctor, right? This is what you got to see. This is where it's at. Now, this is Burns. You ain't never gonna forget this man. As long as you live, you're never gonna see a freak like this. Come on, man. Take a look. You ain't gonna see nothing standing over there. Come on, man. Take a look. Come on. Take a look. Um, well, I suppose he's not really... He's not really the harbinger in the kind of Ralph sense, is he, in front of the team? No. Because no. um, he, he doesn't kind of say, oh, when Cropsy's going to come back and get you. Yeah, true. Is he the one that says you're all doomed? Yeah, Ralph, Ralph yeah. says we're all doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it is it, it is pretty brutal. Um, the way the way Cropsey's treated in hospital. First of all, the porter and, yeah. the, and the doctor have absolutely zero respect for his condition. Yeah. And second of all, at the very end, they just have like um, at the very end of the that's uh, private healthcare for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just have they just basically wheel him down the corridor and go right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even wheel him the whole way to the door. Yes, <laughs> last few. <laughs> they, they don't really seem to treat him. Like they, I mean, you only hear like a fucking like five seconds of of like a synopsis of what all the psychologists and doctors have said to him. But they're basically like, I know you're angry to those kids, but try not to be. <laughs> they do have. Uh, there's one bit where he says, um, one of the doctors says, uh, the screen, gra- the skin grafts just didn't take. We won't be able to do anything for at least another six months. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, the guy Cropsy, like, his face is fucked. I mean, what what could they possibly do that would make him not look like something from from beyond? But I suppose yeah, back in well, that was filmed what very early eighties, like eighty one yeah. or whatever. Uh, uh, God, I don't I don't know what skin grafts would have been like back then. Isn't it? We- well, I mean, it, it looks like they just haven't made any effort at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really. <laughs> In yeah. fact, it looks like they made it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, they made it worse. You look horrendous, man. Let's let's stick this this bit up here. <laughs> let's make his like mouth that. all skewed. Yeah. Can, can you get can you get it lower? Can you get the top bit higher? Um, How can we make his uh, his head look more like a scrotum? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the ending where they. <laughs> Put an axe to his head and set fire him, and obviously make a good job of making sure he's totally fucking dead. You know, yeah. that seems to me that did seem to me that it was sort of overkill and set up for, for Cropsey's revival. You know, because like, yeah, these guys always come back after the impossible. Sort of, you know, they, they come back from like way beyond the brink. You know? 
and it sort of seemed like they were putting him very firmly into the you know like couldn't survive this which is why it's so astonishing that you know the sequel comes so I wonder like it, it was that them setting up for a sequel do you reckon one of the things I kind of thought was that like the way they end it looks like maybe uh, Todd would would go on to be the killer in the next one because when you uh, when he does the yeah. final um, you know don't don't move he can he see you don't breathe he can hear you you're dead or whatever like, yeah when he does that on the, the the second campfire round when he at the, at the end of the film he looks really um maniacal like he, he looks yeah. a lot more crazed like you know he's kind of Ooh. yeah it was it was an interesting end of the film anyway it's that, uh, did you notice the continuity error well uh, well, it, uh, maybe I'm yeah, wrong. I, I think I did was, actually. Yeah. Was it with the um, the thing that goes down? The ramp. Yeah. Yeah. The minecart kind of thing. Yeah. The, yeah. Like one of them, uh, Todd has to jump out of the way, and then there's a shot again where he goes back towards it, and it's the same one that was there before. So there's yeah. not two of them. There's only one. Yeah. Um, That's right. I, I was. Yeah. I, I, I had me thinking of words that do there originally, but no, it it like it definitely seems like. Yeah, the exact same shots. Yeah. Just like just regurgitated it like shit film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't actually notice that at the time. I confess, but um, I think I read it in the IMD page. IMD oh really? Page? IMDb oh, really? page. God, these uh, eels are actually stronger than I thought. I'm actually starting to see my words now. Um, but on on that note, I I, I wonder is it time to um to start wrapping up? Um, yeah, probably is. Um, so I guess it's 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 time for the uh, scores. Um, so uh, I don't know where my phone is actually. Oh no, I've got my phone here. Um, so uh, Crazy P, you go first, sure. Out of seventeen and a half, isn't it? Um, no, no, it's just seventeen. It's just seventeen, yeah. Seventeen. Okay. Uh, why do I always add a point five? I don't know. Uh, weird. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I might give it a like thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Okay. So uh, three, two, one, go. I think it encapsulated everything that is good about sort of folklore, horror, and um, like you know, and uh, is a good seems like a good summer movie, and also is fucking brutal when it wants to be, and it done. <laughs> I'll go next, and then D, who chose the film, can can go last. So oh. does someone else have a thing? Uh, yeah, I've got mine two seconds. Uh, right, yeah. what are you going for? I was going to say, I can't remember what I gave Friday the 13th, but I'm pretty confident I gave Friday the 13th 17 out of 17. I think you might I think have. You might have yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did. But I think it was more in protest <laughs> that you guys uh, are, well, <laughs> Connor and Dom. Uh, Connor and Dom were appalled. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, um, I wonder, did they not like it? Um, no, they don't like it as much as I thought they did. Uh, Connor, I remember me and Connor really liked it when we first watched it, um, but uh, I think they they seem to have had a different experience watching it together in in that London. So, if anyone <laughs> if anyone's interested in what we're talking about, go and listen to the Friday the Thirteenth episode. That's one. Mm-hmm. There's more people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, actually, uh, this is our twentieth episode. Is it? Yeah. Should we have a party or something? Yeah. <laughs> We are all naked, so that, um, oh, that's yeah. I've got a bow tie on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a top hat on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit. I'm drunk. 
Yeah. Um, D, what's your no, score? It's your oh no, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm drunk. This is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, can someone time me? Yeah, but you have to give your score first. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Right. Ready. Set. No, no, go. hold on. I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, count me down again. Okay. Three. Two, one, go. It's really nicely paced. It's a classic slasher. I mean, um, and it's, it's quite colourful as well. Nice setting, good cinematography. Um, I love the whole Cropsey legend and his burnt face and everything. Um, acting's really, really good. Yeah, amazing. E- everything you could want in a, in a slasher from that uh, from that era. Stop. Mm. You just got that, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, young David? Uh, yeah, I think I'll go same as uh, Paul. I think I'll go 13 as well. Cool. Yeah, seems, seems about right. Okay. So, three, two, one, go. Uh, yeah, it kept me intrigued with decent acting. I had a good bad guy. Uh, same with every other slasher. Kill ten min- every ten minutes and perfect cinematography. Perfect cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. But yeah, no, it no. kept me back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Paul, it's your decision for the next episode. What's your What's your film? Angry Birds. <laughs> yeah, shit, I don't know. I <laughs> actually you... thought... I'm not, I actually sort of figured... Is our next one going to be Halloween? Our Halloween one? Oh, good point. So, does that mean we did a double one? Or does that mean... No, no. No, our next one's not going to be Halloween because this is only the fucking 10th of September. Well, so you never know, but like, yeah, sure, like, we'll try and do another one. So... Yeah, yeah. well, sure, I'll... I'll uh, okay. So you still get your election. Well... Oh, shit. I don't know. I actually sort of got my dates confused. And my holidays confused. I thought it was it was like nearly Halloween, but it's not. So uh, so I just didn't think of one. But oh, um, shit, okay. Waterboy. Waterboy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing is that this is all going to be edited. So via the magic of uh, editing and the internet, uh, Paul, you can reveal your choice now. Option one is the thing. The thing. Which is yeah, I think it's something that we. I'm, su- I'm surprised we haven't covered already. Option. Two is Nosferatu, the original, or the Werner Herzog, probably the original. I think the original. Option three is something that I am possibly going to. I'm poaching off Ian, which is Suspiria. Um, cool. And I think the evenings are getting darker and a little more autumnal, and I think I'm really in the mood for Suspiria. Yes! <laughs> and it'll also give me a good chance to watch Inferno again which is also fucking brilliant and I've never seen the third one in that, that trilogy no, I hear it's no. shite uh, uh, yeah it was only released a few years ago I, I, and yeah. I watched it um, I can't remember what it's called uh, but, is, it, uh, is it The Mother of Tears? yeah I think that's, that sounds right that's, that's what the trilogy's called I think right yeah yeah so yeah next time we're going to cover fucking Suspiria yes Suspiria oh. Amazer Beans yeah. That's lining up to be one of our best episodes yet. Uh, Crazy P, good yeah. choice. It wasn't actually at all on my radar for future choices. Okay. Yeah, Fair so enough. I, I, I was thinking actually we haven't done an Argento yet, so I was thinking you know maybe maybe we should do something. But um, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, excellent. 